The first reading is taken from Paul's epistle to the Philippians, chapter 2. Imitating Christ's Humility If you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any fellowship with the Spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and purpose. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility consider others better than yourselves. Each of you should look not only to your own interests, but also to the interests of others. Your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus, who, being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but made himself nothing taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. Therefore, my dear friends, as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence, Continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who works in you to will and to act according to his good purpose. Psalm 18, verse 27 You save the humble, but bring low those whose eyes are haughty. The Gospel reading is taken from John, chapter 13, verses 1 to 17. Jesus washes his disciples' feet. It was just before the Passover feast. Jesus knew that the time had come for him to leave this world and go to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he now showed them the full extent of his love. The evening meal was being served, and the devil had already prompted Judas Iscariot, son of Simon, to betray Jesus. Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power, and that he had come from God, and was returning to God, so he got up from the meal, took off his outer clothing, 
and wrapped a towel around his waist. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with the towel that was wrapped around him. He came to Simon Peter, who said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? Jesus replied, You do not realise now what I am doing, but later you will understand. No, said Peter, you shall never wash my feet. Jesus answered, Unless I wash you, you have no part with me. Then, Lord, Simon Peter replied, not just my feet, but my hands and my head as well. Jesus answered, A person who has had a bath needs only to wash his feet. His whole body is clean, and you are clean, though not every one of you. For he knew who was going to betray him. And that was why he said not everyone was clean. When he had finished washing their feet, he put on his clothes and returned to his place. Do you understand what I have done for you? he asked them. You call me teacher and Lord, and rightly so, for that is what I am. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. I tell you the truth. No servant is greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. When I was about 16, I was in a girl guiding group and we were all sat in a circle on chairs. I was swinging on my chair and my leader told me to stop. Being 16, I carried on. And so obviously I fell off my chair backwards. However, to make things worse, there was a door behind me that was closed. And so the top half of me went through this door into a large hall behind me where there was a very serious meeting going on. Although being incredibly embarrassing, it did and still does cause me a lot of amusement. Currently, this sermon series that our, we are working our way through, we are looking at a passage in 2 Chronicles, chapter 7, verses 13 to 15. It reads, When I shut up the heavens so that there is no rain, or command the locusts to devour the land, or send pestilence among my people, if my people who are called by my name humble themselves, pray, seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land. 
Now my eyes will be open and my ears attentive to the prayer that is in this place. I don't know about you, but I am desperate to see God come and heal our land. But as Jenny beautifully said last week, this is one of God's conditional promises. Today, we start by looking at some of these conditions and we begin with humility. The story I used at the beginning was a truly humbling experience. However, I don't think that God is calling or asking us to do things like that. Augustine said, should you ask me the first thing in religion? I should reply, the first, second and third thing therein is humility. However, it's tricky to define humility and possibly harder to work out how to be humble in a godly way. Paul in Romans, in his discourse about grace, asks, should we sin more so that we understand grace more? The answer is obviously no. However, we could easily use this argument for humility. If we focus more on our sins, then we understand how unworthy we are. Would we then become more humble before God? Again, of course not. C.S. Lewis says, humility is not thinking less of yourself. It's thinking of yourself less. The Lord is not asking us to become like worms, to become obsessed with the sin that is in each one of us, to make us remember how hopeless we are, or to put ourselves down saying that we are worthless. God is not saying that. When we look to Jesus, the perfecter of our faith, he made some outrageous claims about who he is. I am the light of the world. I am the good shepherd. I am the bread of life. No one comes to me, to the, no one comes to the Father except through me. And yet we see Matthew in 11.29. Jesus says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart and you will find rest for your souls. We also heard in our reading from Philippians that Jesus humbled himself. So as Jesus is humble, humility obviously isn't about putting ourselves down and making ourselves like worms. Humility is about when we place our whole dependence on God. I'll say it again. Humility is when we place our entire dependence on God. But how can we practically live this humility out? T.S. Eliot says that humility is the most difficult of all virtues to achieve. Nothing dies harder than the desire to think well of oneself. I read a book on humility by Andrew Murray. It's only a tiny book, so if you're interested in pursuing humility deeper, I recommend it. He says again and again that we cannot make ourselves humble. The more we focus on ourselves, the less we hum are humble. Affirming the C.S. Lewis quote, that humility is about thinking of yourself less. Murray says, flee to Jesus and hide yourself in him until you are clothed with his humility. But how do we flee to Jesus? It's great Christian jargon, but what does it mean? 
There's a beautiful prayer used in the Eastern Orthodox churches, which is based partly on the story in the Bible where two men go into the synagogue, one a Pharisee and one a tax collector. The Pharisee starts to pray in a way very much like Donald Trump might pray. Thank you, God, that I am the best at everything. Thank you that I am not like other people who sin. Thank you, God, that I have loads of money and loads of brilliant ideas. Thank you that I understand the workings of business and societies. Thank you that I'm on a higher plane than other people. And the other man, a tax collector, wouldn't even raise his eyes to heaven. He just said, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. The Jesus prayer is a repeated mantra in the Orthodox churches and which you may well know. It goes, Jesus, Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on me, a sinner. Interestingly, although the second part of the prayer is about our sin, the first part focuses us on God. And so instead of feeling full of sin, it causes us to be in awe of our amazing God. I tried repeating it for a while and found that each time I said it, I would focus on a different part of the prayer and it drew me closer to God, to be more in awe of God and to be more humble before him. I've also used it to pray for others by replacing the me with someone's name and by imagining myself with the other person standing before God. Another way to practice humility is thanking God for everything. Not like the Pharisee, but for all things, even for the things that are difficult. Sometimes we have these things in us that Paul puts as thorns in flesh in order to keep us humble. I've sometimes found myself thinking, yeah, I'm doing okay with God. I depend and trust on him. And then something happens that just shakes my world. I realise that my dependency on trusts and trust on God has left and I don't know where to turn. This is when our Bible reading of Jesus washing the disciples' feet comes in. Jesus washes each of the disciples' feet as an act of humility. And I'm sure that all of you as good Christians are brilliant at helping those in times of need, especially during these tricky times, of putting others first, not for your own gain, but because they just need help. A little like our reading in Philippians, do nothing out of selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility regard others as better than yourselves. However, I am not trying to say to stop this amazing Christian service, so please do continue to help others in need. But let's turn to the part where Jesus washes Peter's feet and Peter says no, don't wash my feet. How many of us turn and say no when someone offers to help us? Often this is rooted in pride, the opposite of humility. I can cope, I can manage, how can I accept help from someone worse off than myself? When something shakes my world, I've lost my focus and trust of God. I've realised I need to humble myself bite back my pride and ask people, please, can you pray for me? We've had to isolate a couple of times as a family for short periods. And I really enjoyed shopping for other people during the first lockdown. 
But again, I've had to turn to my neighbours, swallow my pride and my ability to cope in all situations in my own strength and ask them to shop for us. So as we move on from here, let us follow Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith in his example to us of humility, not dwelling on our shortcomings, nor on our gifts, but instead meditating on God's awesomeness. And I pray that this would be worked out in our lives, not only in our service to others, but also in accepting and asking others for help. Amen. Let us pray. Eternal God, creator and father of us all, we thank you for this wonderful world, for the ever-changing skies, the blessed winds and the earth beneath our feet. We thank you that your son gave up all of this life's loveliness in sacrifice for us. In our turn, and in great humility, we offer you our lives. All that we do and all that we say, we give in joyful and willing service to you, our Lord and Heavenly King. Amen. As we reflect on what has been happening around the world since Christmas, we say together, All-powerful God, who has ruled the world from the beginning, look upon our leaders as they strive to govern their peoples. Guide them with your wisdom. Give them humility to serve. And reveal to them the injustices that they can challenge. May all world leaders become true servants of God, that they will rule with fairness and in peace, and not by oppression or violence. May they value peace above power, equality more than status, and their people's welfare more than personal ambition. We ask this in the name of Jesus. Amen. We pray for all who are sick. All who are in pain or distress. All who are troubled or anxious. In a moment of quietness, let us remember them by name. We pray for all who seek to relieve pain and suffering. For doctors, nurses and those who support the lonely, the bereaved, or those with mental health problems. Lord Jesus, 
be with them all in your infinite love. Amen.